1: Welcome back to Ausbiz. Uh, thank you for your company on this Monday. Um, Ausbiz, of course, is Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. Great to have your company. And just gone midday. And of course, that means it is time for the call. 10 stocks that you suggest put towards a, uh, a panel of share market. i was got to say experts, but I think with today's panel, let's call them share market gurus. Yes, indeed. I'm talking about Nathan Somersandharam from Deep Data Analytics and Gaurav Sodi Sobe- from uh, Intelligent Investor. Good afternoon to you both. Good Welcome. You. Thank you. Yeah. Um, how is uh, earnings season treating you? Have you seen it so far?
0: It's actually been really good. The results themselves um, have surpassed expectations. No question. Right. We were far too pessimistic. Everyone was far too pessimistic. But this has been really tricky I've, i found I've, i don't remember doing so much manual accounting um since my very early days what investing. do
1: you mean manual accounting
0: i've had to go back to last year's results and manually make adjustments to this year's numbers because companies have been really unhelpful in co- um mm. coming up with uh lease adjustments and then telling you how much covert payments they've gotten mm. and to make um to make adjustments i've i've just given up on the company stuff and i'm doing it myself and that means It's been a really difficult... So (laughs) they're hiding bits and pieces in the account? Look, I'm not sure they're hiding it. They're just not being very forthright about it. Maybe they don't know how to deal with it themselves. Right. But EBITDA, which is, I think, an often well-used and and go-to number, is now meaningless uh, for many businesses because it doesn't include a lot of expenses. So the numbers are all over the place. And I think you you really have to understand your um, nitty-gritty Accounting to actually yeah. make sense of what's happening to businesses, mm. or you take the word of the company and you take their adjustments at face value. Right. Okay. Some of them have been very good, mind you, but others have been have been wanting.
1: Mm. Nathan, how have you found it? Um, actually, it's just, it's been
2: a pretty interesting one because the market actually hasn't done a lot. So you would have thought this is a very um, dicey period. Macro risk is historically high, uh, but the market actually absorbed it relatively well. The bad sectors weren't doing great, and the good sectors kept on doing well. Yeah. So it wasn't a change in any of the dynamics. But Gourav's right. Uh, I would say there's been a lot of selective truths, um, and there is a lot of real facts being hidden with a lot of um, how do I say murky waters. Mm-hmm. Uh, They've buried it nicely into the concrete, so it's hard to find. Right. Um, I think you've got to look at if you look at a lot of those sectors where the results have actually outperformed.
0: Yeah,
2: most of them have substantial handouts and one-offs that are hard to break out it's yeah. very hard to work out how the dynamics works because you've had a six-month period where it's just been handouts not paying rents wages mm. being given i mean if you're a retailer you don't have to pay rent or wages i mean geez you've got to do well i mean you can't do well in that environment how are you doing it right i think they that,
0: that, that this is all a one-off as well yeah uh, look uh, I wouldn't say this to anyone else, just the two of us, <laughs> but, but I think we can, we can almost just write these results off. I, I think these have been technically difficult, but arguably inconsequential. Right. Um, and for many businesses, mm. we've just almost written them off um, and looked to next year and what that might look like. Right.
2: But pretty okay. much everyone has assumed somehow you flick a switch and everything goes back to what it was before. Like the forecast haven't actually changed that much. Mm. Yeah. So even in, in the US, you had this... Downgrade cycle because everything got shut down and you're going to have a downgrade. And then and then everything else has been kept at a constant level. So as the time moved on, the downgrade cycle just went out of the system. Right. So you sit there and go, okay. So bankruptcies are 10-year highs, default rates are high, and you've got uh, basically banks' st- lending standards have, at you know five, six-year highs. Yeah. That just doesn't tell me that things are going to be the same as it was before. Plus the handouts are all fading everywhere.
0: Hmm.
2: So we're not accommodating for that. I so I'm,
0: see- I'm, actually, I'm actually seeing the opposite problem. I'm seeing analysts and investors who are extrapolating pandemic trends well into the future, even though I think a lot of additional sales are pull forwards of demand. Right. I was on the, the West Farmers call, and the West Farmers uh, management was trying to calm down the, the, yes. the research analysts because they were getting excited about bunning sales. And one of the manage- managers said, Well, the paint has taken off. But no one's going to paint their homes twice, so right. clearly that's a yep. pull forward of demand. Yep. And the analysts were getting all excited. Oh no, this is great! You got such good, good. <laughs> Nothing. <numbers."> that's <laughs>
2: part of it is because they the analysts are struggling for buy ideas. Yeah. So if you've got a good quality, big <laughs> company doing right. well, they, they want to extrapolate. That's you know, CSL is going to five hundred dollars. You know, it's just a straight out extrapolation on the good companies. Yeah. The bad ones, they're assuming that it kind of goes bomb and then comes back. And so they haven't really dug into the details, partly because it's hard. It, it is hard. Nobody, nobody is really hard. knows, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. the uncertainty is at historical high mm-hmm. on an yeah. economic sense. Yeah. So how analysts have, and there's no guidance anywhere. Like globally, no, there's very little guidance. No one gave so, any guidance. So an analyst forecasting is literally, what right. have I got? So <laughs> yeah. it's it's an interesting one. So in that context, I think I'm amazed at how stable the market has been over the last mm-hmm. couple of months globally. Mm-hmm. Um, is it calm before the storm? Usually, we have in Australia. September is one of the the worst months for right. performance because it's a lull period everywhere. And so it'd be interesting to see what happens now because as the macro gets weaker,
1: so you're getting more bearish. I, I, I,
2: look, I've, I've been bearish since January. Nothing fundamentally has changed on a macro level that makes it any better. All we've done is thrown a lot of cheap debt out there to yeah. delay the effects. Yeah but the effects are still going to come.
0: I'm not bearish. usually a bear, we've been quite bullish. I, I must admit, I'm feeling a bit nervous about um, technology, software, and buy now, pay later. Yeah. The anecdotal signs we're getting are just um, a lot of uh, inexperienced retail investors are making a lot of easy money, and they're going to get a lot of confidence, and they're gonna make mistakes. Uh, and we've seen this before, mm. you know, there are a lot of um, a lot of signs. Our retail broking accounts increasing, mm-hmm. Um, the, everyone's in the same stocks, yep. and, and that's, a, that's a danger. Okay.
1: All right. So, you heard. That's mm. why they're gurus, not just experts. <laughs> <laughs> Give you some idea. Well, before we get into your uh, 10 stocks, let's take uh, a look at stock of the day, something that I pick out. Uh, Next, DC, the, yeah. um, the big data group, uh, uh, last week reporting a 14% rise in revenue coming in at the high end of its guidance range. We had the chief executive on, um, on AusBiz just in the last hour. Uh, growth driven by strong demand for its data centers. Customer numbers also surged up 15% for the period. Spending was big in that period as well. Uh, CapEx rising 11%. Um, Gorev, what do you think of next DC after the result?
0: Yeah, so we've actually got a really good history with this business. We um, upgraded this around six bucks. We bought it not long after. Um, and it's done terrifically well, I th- still think the market does not really understand what NextDC really is. They think it's a tech stock yep. or, um, it, or, or some um, high-flying um, uh, REIT. Um, what it is actually, I think, is a, uh, the, the closest that the analysis that we've come up with is, is a, it, it's, it's a bit like Westfield actually. Um, what it does is it's a big bunch of um, real estate that attracts a handful of very large tenants, and these are the hyperscalers. The hyperscalers Mm. are the the Google, um, the Facebooks, um, the the Amazons. Um, Those guys rent huge capacity from the data centres, and they don't make much money from them. But then what happens is um, lots of other companies then get into the data centres for the purposes of connecting with those big hyperscalers. Mm. So what you're building Mm. here is not just a property business, but a sort of a, a... Retail, sorry, not retail, a network network effect. Thank you, yes, a a network. Um, And I think that's sorely um, underappreciated. We've had a really good look at um, the US peer um, Equinix, which is the market leader. Equinix has run the same model. They're about five, six years ahead of where NextDC is. They make about 20% of their revenue and a lot more of their profit simply from interconnect charges. The the annual revenue that that comes from um, connecting uh, these companies together right. and that's actually what creates a lot of the value that's what keeps mm-hmm. these companies in um, very high margins and is growing so exponentially. Be pretty
1: sticky too would that? incredibly oh. sticky yeah.
0: so I think that's where the true value of this business lies and that's why they're furiously trying to expand and they're trying to land these hyperscale customers because it then attracts lots of high mm-hmm. margin smaller customers um, terrifically valuable I, I still think it's worth um, maybe 15 bucks plus Um, so it's a a hold for me Um, but the one risk I see is capital allocation you spoke to the CEO he's the smoothest talking CEO on the ASX (laughs) Um, every time I I hear from him I just want to rush out and buy whatever he's selling yeah yeah, Um, so we just don't even talk to him anymore Um, (laughs) he's very very good very good technical management very good operators and they have a long-term plan but some of that plan involves buying stuff in Asia, makes me a little bit nervous, right. but I still think this is a great business and it's, uh, it's reasonably
1: possible. One of the few businesses that did give, did give guidance and yes. said record results at ATS. so you're right, they have a good story. I mm. think. Oh, look, the
2: term he was going for is, it's basically a virtual property. Virtual um, property. Um, it's That's a virtual a nice property. Yep. So you think of, as he said, Westfield, they just get anchor players. So you get big boys in there like a Woolies or a where you know, Kmart and all that, you get the traffic, everyone yep. else comes to the shopping centre, right? It's the same thing with these guys. They got the big boys in there, you get the rest of the people in there, you clip the ticket. And you know, it's it's a matter of if you build, they will come. Uh, Funnily enough, um, I remember following this for six, seven years ago, and it was sub $2. Mm. And a particular fund, and I'm not gonna mention them, they they were the main players at the start. They, you know, if you build, they will come. They put the money into build. They put a lot of money into build and it, right. they didn't come at right. the early stage and it took time for the execution mm-hmm. yeah. the stock underperformed; it ran up underperformed, and everyone lost interest and so it's just too hard and then they came out with the first upgrade and you know if you're a quant that's where you lick your lips the first upgrade after a multi-downgrade cycle that's when you want to get in. It. and it's gone higher and higher and i would give the uh, credit to a few analysts out there from the early days had a target price up there around the $14, $15, even when they got it wrong. Oh. It is a very good business, it should be up there, it's it's run hard in the last, it's had two big legs for over six months, two mm. different six months, where it's run hard. Look, NASDAQ's gonna come off, it's, it's airy-fairy, so when that comes off, this will come off as well, that's a good buying opportunity, this will right. go up, it's a very good business. CEO loves the Instagram, that's the worrying part. <laughs> <laughs> he loves to get himself out there, but the guy, does deliver so yeah. you know take away the instagram play he's still good right. and the model is good uh, and grabs right the sector is good so tick 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 you want right. to be there but do a i so want to jump in pullback. right now right. there's a pullback coming um and growth what, stories will come bucks up. Uh, look uh, you're never going to time these things and mm, when yeah. when it runs these things run too hot quickly i would say if it goes below 10 bucks you start buying bit at a time mm.
1: right and you know you, yep. you're going to be at some point looking at 14 15 bucks okay all right let's start getting into your stocks that you've uh, sent through to us uh make luke wants a view on australian finance group big mortgage origination distribution business home loans commercial loans
2: yeah it's the macro for me um it, it's look it's it's had its run uh, everyone knows what they do it's not a fancy uh, new thematic australians love property love property and what they love more than property is talking about property. Yep. Uh, and uh, uh, look, my view has been that the 2017 was the peak in the property market. Uh, we're now in the you know the last time we had a similar macro cycle was in the 90s. Yeah. You know, stick to the data. What happened in the 90s took four or five years of 10 around 10% fall a year. Yep. Now you aggregate that over four or five years, that's a lot of downside risk. And property prices don't go anywhere. And things struggle. Banks struggled in the 90s. That's going to happen. Um, and unemployment is going up. I mean, the real unemployment is double-digit. Uh, it's probably going to get somewhere around, probably around 14, 15%, the real unemployment. So it's going to be tough for the property market. I don't think the, the, the banking sector or the loan sector is place you want to be over the next couple of years. Mm. Um, as these things come off, the handouts, I think it's going to get tougher. Um, I think you've got to be a bit more selective um, and a lot of those financial businesses, there's going to be a lot of fintech players that are going to cut the uh, the edges that the banks used to benefit from. Yep. So all of these guys will be tough market. I, I just think it's too hard mm-hmm. um, and I think you're just trying to swim against the tide. This is not a sector you want to be in. Okay.
0: It's not a bad business. Um, and what I particularly like about it is that it's got this um, loan book that just um, runs off cash and you don't really need any expenditure. You don't have to do anything. The cash just turns up on the doorstep and and that backstops a large chunk of the valuation. So you're not actually paying very much for the company. It spits out a lot of cash. Um, the returns are okay. Management seems pretty good. I think growth is difficult, um, but you're not really being asked to pay for it at these sort of prices. So for a certain type of investor, this actually looks okay. I, I don't know the business really intricately enough to put a buy on it, but um, so far it looks quite comfortable. Um, and the, the in, in particular, it looks, it looks like it's in a sector that has been ignored, that has mm. been bombed out, and that isn't much interest in. And I think at this point of the cycle, you wanna have a couple of these um, ignored, unloved businesses because right. there's a lot of love for a, a, a particular part of the market. It might be time just to roll back and, and look at parts of the market that aren't. So, is this your
1: traditional defensive stock? I think so. Right. Yeah, especially okay.
0: with that, with that um, mortgage book rolling off, it provides yeah. very stable cash flow and underpins um, a large part of that share price.
2: Okay. I, I agree with that, but the mm-hmm. only thing that I would worry about is when you're trying to pick a sector that's in a thematic that's on a declining trend. You don't want to be in the smaller player, you want to be
0: in the big boys. These guys are the big boys.
2: Yeah, I know, but you're getting the same exposure as you would get in a bank. Right now, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're going to play it, you'll play it in the banks. Um, you'll see it first in the banks, the recovery cycle, yeah. um, and also you'll get the benefit of global guys wanting to buy our banks for the currency play. So you've got a few more things working in the banks. If it goes bad, the banks are basically backed by the government, so that, you know it's yeah. not going to be a run on the banks, so the banks are safe. You can play that, and if that thematic Recovers as you. If you're buying this, you've got that thematic in your head. If that does play out, then I would take some money out of the banks and put it into this. Mm. But it's not one I think you'd jump in if you don't have an exposure in that okay.
1: category. All right. Core um, of our next stock suggested by Sam. Would you be in this one? Boral.
0: Boral. Uh, yeah. Mm.
1: Boral, the big sort of uh, <laughs> materials, building materials group, uh, had a pretty shabby. Uh, sort of earnings result. You've got seven group holdings though, building mm. a stake, 13%. So,
0: look, this tempts me every now and again because it's a <laughs> lousy business with lousy management, with a lot of assets. Right. And I think if you had good management in there, there are ways to extract value here. The entire US operation, I would just can that and get rid of it. There's a decent Australian business buried under all this, right? But it's constantly under pressure from overambitious, um, poor-quality managers, and we just saw another one depart with a huge payout. Yeah, did nothing for the business, wasted everyone's money, and walked away with millions of dollars. You know, I mean, it doesn't paint the business or its board in glory. Um, I got really no interest in a company like this, yeah. um, except. If they got a CEO in charge who was interested in shrinking the business and potentially splitting it up. Because I do think that Australian business is valuable. Um, Brickworks and and Boral share a duopoly on Australian brick manufacturing. There's a lot of property associated with that. Um, They also have um, uh, garbage dumping sites um, which are incredibly valuable now. Uh, There's, I mean there is property value here, there's asset value here. You just need management to extract it. But that's I don't why think Seven we've got Group it. would be in it, uh, I think you're ho- right. hoping yes. for the breakout. Yeah, yeah. Um, And there's another mob in there. I think it's uh, Wiley, uh, Carnegie Wiley Group. Um, right. Very sharp operators. They're yeah. in there for the same thing. I I think you need a bit more convincing to get uh, to get this board to break the company up. Right. But if there were signs that were going to happen, I think you can release right. some value. Okay. Brickworks is an infinitely better business. At night and day management, right. and I'd say the, the valuation isn't demanding either. So um, I, I would put my right. money in Brickworks any day over Boral.
2: Um, yeah, it's, this is another one that I would classify just finds dead bodies everywhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it just Management um, has not delivered. Uh, it's just... But
0: you know, for how long? I, mean, yeah, yeah, I can't I recall It's, it's
2: amazing how you can just blow up downgrade after downgrade <laughs> and still be sitting there <laughs> blaming other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Seven's there because this is being badly managed. Yeah, They're waiting for it to get cheaper and they'll buy more as it gets cheaper. Yeah. They're not going to run in and suddenly take it over. That's not no, no. So they're, they're,
1: they're, would they're, they Would they force a breakup though? Mm, um, that would be interesting.
2: I, yes, I think the problem is management loves getting paid and in this case, if they do do any kind of thing, chances are they're going to get thrown out and right. they don't want to get thrown out so they're holding on to dear life uh, and the nice paycheck for underperforming. So the reality here is you look at things like James Hardy, the best yep. of the lot. We've been long James Hardy, um, actually we started taking profit on that now. Because, mm. you know, you've benefited from the low rates in the US, the good numbers out of US, uh, that's not sustainable. Yep. Um, and it's had a pretty good run, so you take profits there. This has been the, the value trade that just got cheaper and cheaper. Yep. Um, and I think, you know, if it, there is a breakup. But it'll probably happen cheaper and these guys will probably make another downgrade uh, and it'll go even lower so you know i think it's one of those things waiting for a breakup value play to come through you end up losing money so uh. i'm not there for this there's you know you go james hardy's had a huge run brickworks is probably the next best player in that category um you know most of the others have struggled mm. i think the property sector is oversupplied, so there's going to be issues so it's just really hard and this management does not give you any uh, you know positive news that they're going to turn it around so uh Mm
1: -hmm. we had uh ryan stokes on osbiz last week Mm -hmm. after the result and i think nadine put to him what the sort of more politely than me what the hell are you doing in (laughs) (laughs) and ryan was saying Mm -hmm. well there are some good parts to it which goes to what you guys say Mm -hmm. there are good parts but there's a lot of crap in there too Mm -hmm. if you can get rid of the crap well if you look at most of the dynamics everyone
2: goes global for growth, and most of them stuff it up, yep. and the current trend has been shrink to greatness. So Boral, as grow put, that's their pathway. Will yep. management actually do it? Will the market believe that the management can do it? In the short term, probably not. We'll
1: get forced into it. We'll All right. Forced, yeah, I think that's right. All right. Our next stock, uh, suggested by uh, by Charlie Maton is Brambles, the big logistics mm. company, and I always love it because they invented the chip pallet. Mm, that's right. Imagine the world without the chip <laughs> pallet. And they came up with it, which was <laughs> so they're into pallets and crates and containers and the whole thing.
2: Yeah, it's a boring
1: stock, yep. but it's. It, I think it's a it's an
2: interesting stock. Uh, mm. it, it's not going to blow up overnight. Um, if you look at the overall. Um, I suppose the traffic it, it'll, it'll be soft uh, but they are doing interesting things they are doing things with technology that i think could turn it around there are pieces to it they have a lot of uh, government related um, contracts as well which keeps them relatively defensive so i think it's okay um it doesn't excite me i don't think it's going to be the big mover uh, but yeah it's it's hard to get excited um, because it's not cheap right. um, but compared to the market it looks cheap because the market is expensive um, I don't think that's the reason you want to buy. You want to buy a thematic that's you going you know drive growth in this market. You want to see someone who's going to be able to drive growth in a weak global macro. And Brambles is not that one. So okay. for me, I don't I don't get excited by
0: it. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's many stocks that divide the analyst team and intelligent investor as much as this one does. Why? It's very divisive. So um, there, half of the team reckon it's a high-quality business. And yep. you can argue that because you look at the return on equity, the historic returns, and the moat, all that looks great. The return on equity is outstanding. (laughs) It's a very difficult business to compete with. A couple of years ago, a company called iGPS was run by ex-pallet executives, backed with a couple of hundred millions of dollars of venture money, backed by Kraft, one of the biggest FMG movers. So they had a big contract, um, big money, um, and they use plastic pallets with GPS systems inside, so they're never gonna lose any pallets the way Bramble's uh, temper often does. Uh, They did well for about a year and then they disappeared. Um, They just could not compete with Brambles. It's a tough business to compete Mm. with and the network that they've built um, is very powerful. Now, on the other side of that, you've got um, this company never generates free cash flow. It's got this magnificent, powerful network, really hard to compete with, entrenched market leader, zero free cash flow um, over the long term. And that's because most of the money that that gets spit out of um, brambles needs to go back into repairing pallets oh, um, and replacing okay, pallets. Right. So there's a very high price to maintaining its competitive advantage, um, and so that's why a lot of the guys on the team don't like it. Um, so they should. Be, they should now,
1: getting rid of the competitor, go to the plastic microchipped ones. I think they're, sound they're looking at
0: that. Um, I also think <laughs> management is. I I think they've been okay only. Uh, They've taken a few ideas and executed poorly. So they earned about 25% return on capital from pallets. Now they took all those returns and then reinvested it in sort of plastic containers where they earned sub 10%. And we often asked, what are you doing? Why are you taking 25% returns and plowing it into a, a, Mm. a low return business? And they've stopped doing that now, but it just makes me think that these guys are in a business that's hard to grow and they're desperately looking for growth, so we're wow. looking for growth. So I'd also say there's a lot of capital allocation risk here, wow. where management is ambitious divested. and want to. Grow. They've already
2: divested as much as they can. They have, as haven't well. they? So, yeah. yeah. So there's the the freebies you get from a lazy business model. is also been done. <laughs> right. So that's why you just sit there and go. Oh. You basically, it's if if the economy, global economy picks up, the uh, stock does a couple of bucks yep. higher. Yeah. Yeah. You know that was the peak yep. in 16. So. It, you know, you're going to sit there for a risk where uh, it could go a couple of bucks, it could drop a buck. You know, equity market, yes, I know it doesn't look like it in the last couple of years, but <laughs> there is substantial risk you're taking investing in equities. So you need to have a decent upside and you need to have a business that's going to have a coherent, good growth story, in even in a weak economy, to want it to invest in that. Yep. And Brambles just doesn't take that.
0: Okay. I just think it's almost too stable. Um, mm. You know, the growth is hard to come by, and there are some question marks about whether distribution models from from um, you know online and big um, insider-owned DC centers yep. will they utilize pallets or will they do things you know one parcel at a time via truck networks. Mm. Uh, that's, there's some risks that around that. And it never gets cheap enough because it's actually quite a stable business, so it doesn't have that cyclical downturn that we look for either. So it's usually fairly priced, and you want to buy a business like this at a discount. So the 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 classic example:
2: these are like telecom, uh, you know, like a Telstra, telecom players. Mm. They run the infrastructure. Yeah, it's underperforming sector everywhere. The guys who come up with a tech solution that sits on that infrastructure, online models, they're murdering it. They're trading at four or five times their multiple. Right, and so you look at WiseTech or uh, you know those kind of yep. logistic tech solutions. They're not doing the dirty work. They're just ticketing systems that come up with the fancy technology <laughs> that connects all of these things together. Yep. So yep. Brambles does the moving. These guys collect all the margins. Right. It's like milk. versus A2 milk? Yep. You want to be the guy who's coming up with the yep. branding name and the tech solution. Not so the guy are, doing are the you work.
1: saying get into wise Tech rather than Brambles? <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: a different game now. <laughs> Uh, I think he got him. No, 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 I I, I, I don't mind Wisetech, not at these current prices, but I think Wisetech has the same problem. The macro is slower, less uh, freight going around. So that's what the data is telling
1: us. But um, this one doesn't even make the margins to make it worthwhile. So why bother? All right. So I know for Brambles there. Charlie, thanks for the suggestion.
0: Uh, Gaurav, um, Tim wants a view on Telstra. Yeah. Okay. Controversially, so we've spent the last six or seven years just panning Tolstoy. Yep. Year after year saying, um, it was at one point it was the highest Don't earning... tell me you've changed. Well I guess I'm afraid we have. Whoa. <laughs> but there's a reason for that. Like <laughs> I made them in <laughs> his head already. He almost spat <laughs> out his water, right? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> about share price. No, the yeah. the
2: sad part is I actually agree with him. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Let's get to it. Um, All right. So it's also used to be the highest-earning mobile operator in the competitive world. Yep. Mobile margins of close to 45%, and we said these should be 30%. That is far too high, and we, um, we we didn't like the business at all. It went off and bought all these silly little things that made no sense and made some money, lost some money. But yep. No coherent strategy. I think Andy Penn has really changed the game for Telstra. I think he's an excellent manager. Um, he simplified the business, focused it on a couple of core areas, um, but. The most important thing that's happened to change our minds on, on Telstra is actually this, um, this potential breakup that's happening. Wow. Telstra owns a really valuable mm. network of infrastructure. Uh, one of the most in- uh, valuable things are the actual um, the towers um, mm. that they own. Yeah. In the US, there's a couple of tower businesses and they're worth between 90 and sort of $150 billion. Mm. Um, because once you separate the towers, you can actually use those locations to add new ta- new towers from different networks. You can ah. triple, quadruple revenue right. on the same cost base, and they're worth a lot of money. Now, uh, uh, Telstra also has um, backhaul fiber, um, the exchanges, the ducks, the pits, um, a, a billion dollar contract um, uh, that goes for decades with NBN. It's a lot of valuable infrastructure in that business. So I think once you start valuing that infrastructure business, you can easily get to sort of um, 20, 25 billion dollars for it, which means you're paying not very much for a very good mobile business, Mm. and a so-so, the rest of it. Um, And I think that's reasonable value. This is actually, for the first time in living memory, a well-managed business, Um, because I think it's been an awfully managed business for most of its existence, Uh, but I think the the new guy's doing a great job. Uh, Valuation, extremely cheap, um, and there's a catalyst here to actually realize value. Um, There's no doubt in my mind, although they haven't confirmed it yet, that the business will be split. You'll get an InfraCo Mm. and a Telstra, Um, One of the big problems is that Telstra pays stupidly high dividends and it just chokes the business of cash. Um, What they will do, in my view, is they'll split InfraCo off. The dividends will all drift um, into the InfraCo vehicle and Telstra will be allowed to actually use its free cash flow, which is substantial, to reinvest back into the network and compete with TPG. I can tell you, TPG Mm. does not pay the dividends. They reinvest into their business and that company, we own it, is ruthless. Yeah. If Telstra is going to survive the TPG onslaught, they're going to need um, to get rid of the, the high-degaged Yeah. Okay. So okay. it's a buy for me, actually. Um, yeah. Telstra. For the Infraco split.
2: Completely agree with that. Oh, well, uh, I thought you were going to say completely yeah. disagree. No, <laughs> completely agree with that. Uh, that's been automatic. Um, it's in the portfolio, David. Yes. It's in, the, uh, in our yeah, portfolio. Yeah. It's in the yeah, portfolio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's in the onspist portfolio. Yeah, yeah. Now, at this price, I think it's a good buy. It's come off, it's ex-div, so you get a bit of weakness after it goes ex-div. Yeah. Yields had a bit of a bounce, um, so the yield stocks come off and that's hit them as well. So I think Telstra is a good buy here. Um, the the reason I would further add to that story is that NBN is a complete dog and then the government needs to get rid of it. Yeah. They don't want it on the next election and the only person who can buy that is the infrastructure asset under, sitting in Telstra right? or they have to float it. Either way, they need a valuation pretty high and that's got to come out of an infrastructure split out of Telstra. So either way, I think that's going to happen. He is right in the context that if you want to compete against TPG, you need to be a much more um, targeted model and Telstra needs that cash flow after getting rid of the infrastructure asset to play and compete against TPG. Um, So that I think inevitably is going to happen. I don't really think Andy Penn one day woke up and became smarter. I think he didn't have much of a choice. Yeah, uh, he basically yeah. ran, um, for a number of years, Telstra has been in a one way road to a brick wall. Yep. And the closer you get, the reality hits you that you have to do this and it's happening. They're cutting costs everywhere.
1: They're getting rid of people and it's, yep. it's getting you know, another shrink of okay. greatness. So
2: I think um, Telstra a good
1: buy here. All right, yeah. almost at a five year low. So mm-hmm. one of those great, you were talking about earlier, you know, turn stocks in a good sector. A, whereas, this, is, uh, this is a bad sector globally. Actually, yep. you're right. It's a it's terrible
0: a, sector. Just, it's look. a <laughs> worse <laughs> sector globally. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: that is why mm. you like it, because the fact that it is so bad, and I actually think Telstra over the next two to three years will be a better dividend play, with, with the infrastructure play as well, will be a better dividend play than the banks. Mm. And okay. everyone holds, you know, retail, people yeah. are holding 30%, 40% banks. So yeah. Telstra Absolutely. looks like really good buyer. All
1: right. Okay. Uh, make them BHP. Joe wants a view on BHP. Yes, look, we've been we've been a stuff. big
2: fan of the big miners. Um, BHP and Rio, that was the, you know, even if you don't know anything and you want to have resource exposure, you buy those two. Yep. They're the diversified big players. It's a play on US dollar. So the US dollar has broken down and is falling yep. quite dramatically. That's good for commodities, emerging markets. So people tend to buy more commodities and iron ore has been far stronger than anyone expected. Yep not sure it'll hold up 130 but i think it'll hold around 110 to 120. Um, copper is doing well Um, in with bhp you also get the oil play energy play which hasn't Mm. done much so that's the upside Um, so i would say if you are positive on the resources and miners which we are bhp is your default choice rio is next we had both in our portfolio we took rio out because we've had a really good run and had to diversify out of iron ore, and so we took that out. We've gone into a bit of IGO, a um, bit of South32, Osmin right. um, over time, Osmin's right. had a really good run as well. So I think BHP is your default choice, If, but look, it's had a good run. Um, the main commodity is iron ore, which has peaked at around the 130 and it's come back to 120 on. Right. So I think you're probably not gonna do a lot in the short term. We just have to see the data out of China, which is holding up okay. Hmm. Um, but I think there might be if it's a weakness in the market in the next couple of months, which likely, BHP will come off and give you a good buying opportunity. It's one in in where we are in the global cycle. It's a good stock to buy. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, this so this you is on a pullback. Yes, pull This back. is a great business. Um, we've been we we bought this around twenty four dollars. We started buying. We bought all the way down to fifteen, um, and it's uh, it, it's become a big position for us. Actually, it's done quite well over, over the last few years. Um, more than the share price, though, what's really excited me about the company is the internal change. Um, we've spoken about this before, yep. David, how the CFO is now in charge of miners. Yep. Um, nothing exemplifies that more than, than BHP. And BHP, uh, in, what, 50 years, has never made an operating loss because its mine quality is sensational. But it's routinely and often made um, statutory losses because rough. its capital allocation has been atrocious. And that's now been corrected. And, and you've got um, really good managers in there now who have a, um, a tested and, and, and followed um, capital allocation model. Um, and it's backed by the best mining assets in the world, no question about that. Um, you, you've got iron ore, which is booming, but all the other commodities in BHP's, BHP's suite are actually um, not doing very well. This is actually, mm. surprisingly, a counter-cyclical play. We've got a sell on Rio Tinto at the moment, because I think iron ore has peaked. And you look at the rest of Rio's portfolio; it's disappointing. Um, right. the, the asset quality just is not there the way it used to be. The BHP is first class. Um, the, the the coal business is sensational. Um, they, they've still got um, a lot of potential from um, uh, the the nickel business um, and the um, the um, energy business as well. So I think. Um, this is still a company that is not yet fully valued. You probably got more upside here. I've got between 45 and $50 um, on the stock, mm-hmm. um, okay. but I do think it will need an oil recovery to get there. So right. I, I'd be patient with it. All right. So on
1: a pullback as well? Yeah, on a pullback.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Let's just uh, recap the, uh, the first five stocks and also NextDC stock of the day, uh, good company um, Next DC, despite the chief executive being on Instagram, which was a bad thing in Nathan's <laughs> eyes, um, a hold from Gore, buy it under 10 bucks um, for uh, for Nathan and he's in. Australian Financial Group, a hold from Gore, a no from Nathan. Boral, no, a big no from both of them. Um, take a look at Brickworks or James Hardy if you want that space. Uh, no for Brambles, uh, two ticks for Telstra. So... Uh, who would have thought? <laughs> um, it's so cheap and mm. Eddie Penn's doing, uh, getting the business into shape. And yes for BHP on a pullback, uh, not now. So uh, Telstra goes into uh, the calls portfolio that we've been tracking since July 1. If both our experts give it uh, the thumbs up, it goes in there, but if it comes up again and the two experts are not unanimous, it goes out. So it's uh, all about following stocks and making sure that you're up to date with all of the information because it constantly changes. So how we've been performing? Well, weekly, um, which is only halfway through, through the first day of the week, uh, <laughs> down half a percent. Uh, for the month, we're up four and three quarter percent and nine percent since the first of July. We've added Cleanaway, Zero, Britworks, Aristocrat Leisure and Arena Reit. Um, so far this month. Auckland International Airport dropped out because it didn't get the unanimous of the, uh, the next experts. Um, if you want to see the entire portfolio, head to wasbiz.co forward slash portfolio and we'll update it every day. Uh, as we continue the reporting season coverage this afternoon on The Pulse, uh, John Kelly from Otomo Diagnostics, is the co- after the company delivers its first full year results since launching in April of this year. That's coming up at one o'clock straight after the call. All right, let's get straight into the, uh, the second lot of stocks. Uh, and Gorab uh, Woolworths Group, Shauna wants a view on that.
0: Uh, we've actually sold this um, oh. from our portfolios. I think we've still got a hold on it um, in the research but we sold it to buy um, cheaper stuff. And, and I think that's an option for a lot of investors. Yep. Um, everyone knows it's a wonderful business. Um, analytically, there's not really more I can add. I think most people know and understand this company well. Yep. Um, it's just a matter of your personal profile. If you want a, a steady business that pays a reasonable dividend and will continue to do so, then I think this is still okay. Um, otherwise, um, there, are, there are cheaper, um, higher growth opportunities on the market. Okay. And this, can, this is a good way, selling this is a good way to access those.
2: Okay. I yeah, look, we, we were in it, we mm-hmm. got out, and uh, in the, just in recently, we've actually gone back in purely because of exactly what you said. It's, you, when you're looking at a really large cap defensive play, mm-hmm. Woolworth stacks up really well. Um, so in, in, in context, I, th- I think it's a very good quality business. It's for the macro we are in. Right. Um, if it's a normal macro, you remove all of these things and you know there's no handout, blah, 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 you're in trouble. But it is what it is. Yep. um you know when jb hi-fi is you know pushing 50. uh this thing is worth what it is right um and it's it's a very well run business even in a recession you've got to eat these guys will do relatively well so it's a very solid um yield i know it's not a huge yield mm. but you know when you've got bond yields at nothing mm. this is a good yield. so yep. uh, i think it's a good business and i think it, it'll go higher i think it's 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 up there with you know things like telstra asx
1: uh, where I think, uh, okay. you know, defensive... So you buy it at price? Yeah. Yep. It's, it's a mile okay. hold. All right. 1-300 uh, smiles. Uh, Sonny wants a view on that. The uh, the dental... Yeah. Business. It, That's a, basically, it rolls up dentists yes, and provides yes. them with services. A bit like steadfast does with insurance brokers. Would that yeah, be fair? Yeah,
2: specific miles, um, yeah. Specific smiles. Yeah. Yes, we've looked... I mean, I've looked at this before. They've had issues historically when you you know buy people you know and there's a couple of people buying you end up paying a bit more and then you if you have key man risk in some of these purchases where if the doctor you know dentist leaves or whatever you lock them in and all of those things the models are a lot better doesn't look very liquid from that no No. it's 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 not oh it's not liquidity is not bad it's a good cash flow business it's just it's not going to be one where a lot of these uh, roll-up stories they've done well because of what's happened with um, yield so when bond yields fall over, these things have become oh, okay. It's you know, now you can trade at a higher multiple. Yeah, but I think those freebies are done, so you have to be very <clears> careful in what selective in what you are buying um, in a healthcare roll up type potential. Um, the area that we've been a big fan of is imaging, diagnostic imaging area, yeah. IDX, uh, even capital health. They raise money. I think that's a good turnaround story um t uh envision there's a number of these guys and then you look at yep. the bigger players like sonic and helios those guys have done really well the numbers back that so i would be looking at those areas where there's a growth and good defensive play yep. i'm not a big fan of the roll-ups in things like the ont um, it's not cheap enough either you're not getting the discount for the potential risk mm. um, and again you know You have a lockdown and people go away, but those are short-term things. And this thing, it's had the bounce back to where it was. I don't think it's gonna fall apart, but I don't think it's gonna do much either.
0: Yeah, this one I've looked at in the past, um, but we've never really done anything with it. It's mostly because I don't like the model as much. It's actually a very well-managed business and the, the gentleman running it has done a very good job with it. He owns a big chunk of it too, which may be why the liquidity might be a bit right. restricted um, he's done a very good job of it but the model is um, it supplies services but it also actually owns the dentist so it actually buys the whole surgery and the dentist then works right. for the business they sort of rent a chair don't they sort of thing they, they, they of like, do that as yeah. well yeah. Um, but they also um, have dentists working for them um, right. and okay. so they actually own the whole right. practice and it when they buy new, um, when they expand, they buy new whole surgeries as well. But but they also rent services, that's also part of it. But I think a better model um, is Pacific Smiles. I think that's a really underrated, misunderstood business. Mm. Um, it's cheaper and I think it's better quality as well. Think of Pacific Smiles as a serve corp, um, or, or a, um, right. what, was that? what was that hot property stock that went under? Uh, you know the, the, the office sharing Yeah, we work we work. It's a bit nice. like the we work yeah. of, uh, of the dental space. Yes, so right. they actually build out dental properties and they build out um, four or five chairs um, per um, development, and then they slowly fill those chairs um, with the dentist. And the dentists actually own the practice. So the company doesn't really, the company takes a stake of the revenue from the practice, but the dentist works for themselves. And I think right. That's a better incentive okay. model to work. I think Pacific Smiles is a better business, better priced, uh, management's fantastic. Um, I own it personally and I think it's, um, I, 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 if I can twist here a little bit, I'd put a buy Pacific Smiles. Right. Uh, but not that interested. Okay. In one In 1300. Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, are you interested in index? Yeah. Uh, Harrison wants to know, uh, um, what are they, uh, they're in
0: the resources area, mm. but in drilling, but there's a software bent to it as well. I haven't looked at this in a long time. So when I when I looked at this last time, Index used to provide um, drilling fluids um, for um, for mostly deep drillers. So as you're drilling, you actually have to throw in um, mud. They call it. It's a mixture of um, liquids and. Uh, and yep. chemicals that, that, that lubricate the drill hole and they help spit out the rocks that, that, are, that are going down the oh, hole. Oh, okay. Um, yep. And there are proprietary formulas for the kind of mud that you use down a hole. Some are said to be better than others. Right. So MDEX was a large supplier of that drilling fluid. Um, now they've, they've built that business and done quite well out of it. And then, they've, then they've added other services. So sensors, mm. um, software, um, and, ana- and analytical tools that go onto those um, drill bits as well. Right. And so it's grown and expanded. Um, I'm not familiar with the new equipment. I haven't talked to any, any miners in a while actually, so I'm a bit out of the loop on MDEX, but I know it's a well run business with a very decent history with a with a sensible management um, and it's probably worth worth looking at. Um, right. So I, I don't know it well enough to give it a, a, a tick, yep. but it, it is interesting and, and one should probably should have it on, on the watch list.
2: Yeah, look, it's an interesting sector. Um, I think mining services has been cheap and people have been trying to pick the turnaround t- in some of these stocks. Um, I have to say the capex outlook um, for the big miners have actually improved. Mm. So I think it's worthwhile looking at this sector. Index is not bad. I mean, it's, it's a small cap. So there's a risk in you know, liquidity, uh, etc. risk into it. Uh, but I think it's okay. I think the result, uh, the recent updates have been pretty okay. Brokers have been upgrading. So um, I don't think it's cheap, yep. uh, but mm. I think it's not too bad. Um, an, area, an area that I lo- I'm finding interest now is the chemical sector especially linked to the mining services, mm. things like Orica, Instech Pivot, even New Farm actually, the whole chemical sector looks mm. quite interesting. Um, and because, think about it, most of the chemical guys play in mining services yep. or agriculture. Yep. Now, both of them been pretty crap, yep. and they're both improved. Mm. And they're looking a lot better. And most of the businesses, their customers, are cashed up, and they're doing well. Beef prices are pretty high, and you yep. know things are looking pretty good. So in that context, I think the chemical sector looks interesting. Right. Uh, there's number of dynamics working for them so if you're looking at a mining services look at it with a tilt into the chemical sector because that gives you an extra boost and you know auricas you know it used to be a perennial part of the pun, a blow up tool um, now it's actually turned around mm. over the last couple of years yeah. the management's actually doing quite well it's a bit yeah. like miners you know we used to sit there and go god what are they going to do now mm. but yeah. they don't do dumb things anymore yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. actually quite good so is one of the better players i'd okay. say it's probably in the top 10 large cap players Index though? Uh, I think, I don't mind it, Uh, but look, I'm not going to go out and take the risk in this kind of market, in Mm -hmm. that stock.
1: But if you're in it, you're okay.
2: Yeah, if you're in it, I'd hold on.
1: Okay. All right. Um, Alexander wants to view uh, based on uh, Vista Group. They provide software solutions for um, cinemas and things like that. This is one of my darlings. We Um, we
0: just sit back and (laughs) listen. He's going to go I can
2: do do a seminar on this, but (laughs) uh, look, it's, it's a cinema tech, yep. right? The it's a New Zealand tech. Straight away, you got to look at it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Anything that comes out of New Zealand, any uh, tech that comes out New Zealand, yeah. you Which just got I to look at remember. it, right? We, we have That's the same a, rule. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I always think <laughs> of it as they bat like uh, Tenduka or Brian no. Lara. <laughs> yeah, you just got to look at them. Um, and it mm. is a very good business. It was already a very good business. It's yep. globally expanded. It's doing uh, quite a few things not just a standard play but what is important is it is not just a tech doing one thing it's a platform of what it does right. so when it gets into an organization it owns all the pieces so once you're in there then you can sell other things attached to it so yep. if you think about you know things like altium and a bit app and what people like about them is what they what the term is a platform tech yep. once you become that then you can add more things there's a lot more growth areas to play at so the two turn like Smaller cap uh, platform techs for me. One is Mister Group, yep. the other one is Ordinate. Right. Both of them, I think, are very interesting stories in, and they've become the term of what they do. Right. And I think you've got to buy some of that and leave it. I think Ordinate, Ordinate comes, been hit
0: a bit. Later, yeah, yeah, I think right it'll
2: moment. come back because it's still a bit expensive. Mister Group has been smashed. It got down to around a dollar twenty. They raised yep. money a dollar fifteen. Now think about it. Lockdown, nobody's going. Blah blah. That's right. But they've got contracts. They're doing well. Look, we were. Telling people to buy into the result and it's popped to dollar sixty from about dollar fifteen, dollar twenty. Um, it'll probably come off again because there's restrictions still in play. Right. If you can pick it up anywhere near one twenty, buy it, don't look at it. In about okay. a year, two years time, this is a very high quality business. If it's not, a you know, near two bucks, it's probably gonna get taken over. Okay.
0: After a rant like that, I'd hate to agree with him. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like nothing more than to knock him off his high horse. But
1: like he did with you with Telstra.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but Nathan has been eating my ear out about this yeah. for weeks and weeks. Got to look at Vista. So I've actually got um, we have a software analyst and he's been looking at this. Um, yeah. and, and he quite likes it as well, actually. So he's been, he's been telling me basically most of the things that Nathan has said. Right. And, and he quite likes it. Um, I think it is quite interesting. The one thing that had me concerned was that we're in the middle of this... Enormous software boom, um, particularly enormous SaaS boom, where yeah. every SaaS stock is really hot. And here's one that's sitting there looking statistically quite cheap. And I'm always yeah. suspicious when a stock looks just it, cheap on the numbers. with it, it no It did get overly digging. expensive before it. Oh it got yeah, it was on 80 times Yeah, it, it went to six bucks. It yeah. became
2: like a zero, right? Yeah. And it just went stupid. Yeah, uh, and I went, oh my god. And then it completely fell apart because of lockdown. Everything got shut down. So. It, it's, it's one of those being where it went from one
0: extreme to the other extreme.
1: Yep.
2: And I, I agree. But this one is because their customers are
1: just affected by lockdown.
0: I think there's, yeah. a, there's a narrative running yeah. in. I've
1: got, I've got a neighbour in the uh, cinema business okay. and had dinner with him on the weekend. And uh, he's more on the cinema advertising side. Right. And they're just hoping Wonder Woman. Uh, does okay and uh, Bond comes out in November oh, yeah. December mm. rather next year well, because this, this a lot of cinemas Yeah, are but from what, what I'm hearing uh,
2: a lot of the um, movies are being held back yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right
1: and that's hurting everyone All going to streaming yes and so yes. they actually want big blockbusters Tenet is the first one to come out no one can quite understand what the movie's <laughs> about but it's a big blockbuster but they need Wonder Woman and Bond mm. before Christmas mm. And then you get the Mission Impossibles and all of that yep. coming of All the Marvel year, stuff, yeah. they're doing it tough. Oh, yeah. Tough and,
0: I, and I think that's the consensus in the industry is, is that cinema is now under existential threat. Yeah. And, and this is the way to play it, that stock. I don't think that's the case. And if that's not the case, this thing is dirt cheap. Yep. If it is the case, this, this yep. is yep. in trouble. Okay. Um, so I think well, that's the lens to, to see through.
1: Okay. All right, our final stock, uh, David has arts review on OrthoCell, yep. one of the... Um, great little medtechs that we have in this country, which is sort of a, um, what do they put, collagen into, uh, for nerve damage, cartilage defects, mm. that sort of thing. We've had similar businesses in burns as mm, well, yes. don't we? It's,
0: yeah, I, do I, look, I find these kind of businesses quite difficult because yeah, when we're buying something, we want to have an edge, we, yeah. we want to do some deep research, understand something better than someone else, or figure out something better than someone else. There's millions of people looking at stocks. Um, prices are 95% efficient, and um, you have to have a, a, a some. You have to if you have to be able to say something better or see something different to do well. Yep. And I don't see that opportunity um, with a business like this. You know, it's incredibly specialised. Perhaps, and, and I think analysts tend to overestimate their own skill often. Yep. I mean, what what can a financial analyst or investment analyst add to business like this you know why do I understand it better than anyone yep, else yep. I don't yep. and um, I think my opinion means nothing in a business like this um, okay. I wouldn't be looking at it because I don't have any um, anything interesting to say about it right. and I and I tell people that I, I mean I, I would caution that that should be the answer of most investors yep unless you have something some interesting original insight to offer into a business I, I just don't think you ought to allocate mm. money into something small yep. and, and and risky like this fair enough
2: my um, look we Follow the data. So we've actually segmented the sectors quite a bit, and the pharmaceutical sector is doing well. Stem cell sector is doing yep. even better, and this plays into that thematic. Yep. Um, so a lot of the sectors are—I mean, sorry—stocks in that sector are doing well. Um, it's a hot sector. Yeah. So there's a lot of retail money mm. chasing it. Um, there's a few that have j- absolutely murdered it. Mesoblast is one of the mm. ones. Yep. Polynova uh, yep. and the the comparison one—I well, can't think Aleta. of the name. Aveda uh, mm-hmm. also, but the Polynova's comparison just recently, IPO, oh, that and one, yes, yes. Ping. Right. Uh yeah. So people are chasing these things and the concept, and Gaurav's right, the reality is you've got to back management on these things. If you believe what their story and you're willing to sit through it, yes, it could work. Mm-hmm. But these are um, hit and miss. If they get a few things wrong, there'll be nothing and they'll have to raise money at nothing and they'll dilute you to buggery. So that's the risk you take, so you never take a massive holding. But I think it's an interesting sector. I, I actually think the whole stem cells, I think what's happened with coronavirus is mm. the healthcare sector in Australia is far, far better than in the US. Yep. They've got some massive giants. And I think people are paying attention to how much health okay. they can deliver.
1: So worth a punt?
2: I think it's worth a punt. Okay. I don't think you have a small punt. It's high risk.
1: All right. Okay, let's uh, recap the last five stocks. Uh, Woolworths, a yes from mates uh, and a hole from Gaurav, 1300 smiles, no Pacific smiles. If you want to be in that sector, uh, better. Uh, index hold basically. Uh, Vista, a yes, but if you can pick it up for a dollar twenty or around that. Uh, and author sell worth a pump from Nathan, a no from Gorav. So that's our uh, ten stocks for the day. Thank you for sending them through, uh, Nathan. Great to see you. It's Thank beautiful. you for joining us from Deep Data Analytics. Gaurav from Intelligent Investor. Always great to have Thank the you. two of you on the show. Uh, that's our show for today. If you want to suggest any stocks, uh, flick us an email at thecall at today or tweet us uh, using the osbiztv TV handle. Reminder where to find all the stocks in the Calls portfolio. Head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. And if you want a, um, a wrap up of the day, in uh, business and finance, sign up to COB, our email that's full of all the business, finance and startup news. Subscribe at ozbizco slash join. It's in your inbox, 5.30 p.m. Eastern, Monday to Friday. Scuddy and Nadine give you the latest and the wrap up of the day. And if you're an investor looking for opportunities in the startup community, uh, don't forget the Startup Daily Show between two and three. Um, each show the team bridges startups looking for capital today. We're getting in on the reporting season with Michael Idle from OpenPay joining the team. That is between 2 and 3 p.m. Enjoy the rest of your day. More of Bosby's coming up. <laughs>